Hey, my spooky friends, welcome back um, to our podcast. I'm joined today by one of my friends, Samantha. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Samantha, and I am more inv- involved on the spiritual slash occult side of paranormal. I'm very, I collect crystals. Um, and I'm very, very excited about what they hold. And I think that one of the reasons that I have fewer paranormal experiences is because my house is covered in strategically placed crystals. Yeah? Yeah. My favorite is amethyst, but it's my birthstone, so. Yeah. Amethyst is awesome. It's a really good um, calming stone, in fact. And it, it's, very, um, it's very powerful. My favorite, uh, some of my favorites are over my front door and actually all of my doors. I, I put selenite because it is a neutralizing stone. Um, and in terms of being, it doesn't need recharge. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't overwhelm itself. Um, so it's really awesome to actually just kind of neutralize any negative energy that people come into your home with. So if you come home stressed or angry, it's supposed to just kind of calm that energy and bring it back to a neutral spot. I also really okay. like, yeah, I also really like black tourmaline. It is it, honestly culturally and pop culturally right now, it's known as a fuckboy repellent. It is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's designed specifically to push back energies that are unnecessary and to, um, again, kind of a protection stone. It's really, yeah. Yeah. It's good at that. Um, and then garnet is one of my personal favorites. I am Scottish and garnet is a very, very powerful, powerful stone because it is, it, it grants you and helps you earn future bravery. So Mm -hmm. it provides you protection in the current, and then provides you bravery in the future. So I tend to wear an amethyst stone because I like you really enjoy it, and then a garnet stone as well. Yeah, I'm part Scottish, so it sounds like I need to get myself a garnet. Yeah. <laughs> I know my favorite uh, bracelet that I have is made out of obsidian and tiger's eye. Um, obsidian is for protection. Tiger's eye, I think, is for power, maybe. Yep. Um, but and to me, like, there's a lot of skepticism regarding crystals and stones and stuff like that. But for me, it's like, even if it's giving me a placebo effect on this, I still am, you know, it's still working for me kind of thing. It's still in my head. It works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I always uh, kind of come back to whenever somebody questions, you know, why I invest in, in crystals, why I kind of feel that they have power. I grew up um, in a very conservative Christian household and I believe it's in the Psalms might be in a proverb, but it talk the, the Bible actually talks about how um, if everyone stopped praising God, if everyone stopped singing and acknowledging him, even the rocks would cry out. And to me, that's one of those things that just identifies there is power in these stones. There is an energy there and they do help shape the environment around them because they're not yeah they're not just a blob 
Right. Yeah. I love that perspective. Yeah, because I keep on, I don't know if um, you guys have been listening since episode one, but I always go back to my upbringing. <laughs> it was Christian, so I'm always like, you know, and I'd start praying or I'd start doing this. So that's really cool how like that right there is like biblical. Right. And it's like talking about like the stones having kind of sentience yeah. almost like, yeah. Absolutely. So that's really cool. Yeah. All right, let's get right into one of our stories. This is a less spooky one, uh, more like glitch in the matrix kind of story. Uh, It was submitted by one of our listeners. So without further ado, let's start glitch in the matrix. This isn't exactly a scary story, but more of a glitch in the matrix. It's something that was so confusing, I never forgot it. However, No one ever believed I saw what I saw. Basically, I was told I imagined it. I grew up in a three-story log home on a lot of land. Our driveway circled all the way around our house, and we had a garage in the back of the house. My parents' bedroom took up pretty much half of the entire top floor of the house, and the room had a lot of windows on three sides along with a door to the outside balcony, which was on the very back of the house. From my parents' room, you had a bird's-eye view of the entire driveway as well as the garage and the pond beyond the house. I was around middle school age and on... Hey, welcome back. I got cut off, so I'll keep on reading the story that I was doing. Well, there, Samantha? I am, yes. Awesome. What do you think so far describing the house? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds beautiful, honestly. (laughs) Definitely not the place where bad things happen. Right. All right. I'm going to start right back where I was. You know, she's describing how her house can see all the way around. Uh, She said, I was around middle school age on this particular day. I had come home from school and was home alone watching TV in my parents' room. I specifically remember waiting for my dad to get home because I needed to ask him a question. I think I wanted to go to my friend's house or something. About 20 minutes before my dad typically got home, I heard his truck coming up the drive. I initially wondered who it was because my dad didn't get home at that time. So I looked out the window and saw my dad driving around the left side of the house the same way he always pulled in. I could see my dad in the driver's seat but he looked odd, like it was glit- like a glitchy movie of him driving, if that makes any sense. I didn't think much of it until later. I watched as he drove all the way around the house to the back where the garage was and turned off the truck. The whole scene felt off, kind of. Like, it looked like a normal scene. My dad was doing exactly what he did every day when he came home, but it didn't feel normal. But... I ignored my initial feelings, mostly focused on talking to my dad. At that point, I just sat back down in the recliner, waiting for him to come in the house. But the strange thing is, I didn't hear him get out of the truck or close the door. His truck door always made a loud bang when he shut it. I've always been a very auditory-centered person, and I pay attention to sounds. I know what's going on based on what I hear. I kept waiting for the sound of the truck door and the sound of him coming into the house. Nothing. 
After a few minutes, I got up and looked out the window again to see if I could figure out why he was still in the truck. But that's when things got weird. His truck wasn't there. I hadn't heard him turn the truck back on or leave the driveway, but I assumed he must have because he was gone. I eventually walked downstairs and out the front door, and he was nowhere on the property. I decided that he must have forgotten something and left, and I just didn't hear it. So I went back to watching TV. About 20 minutes later, the exact same scene repeated itself. I hear my dad drive up the driveway. I watch him pull all the way around the house to the garage and shut off his truck. This time, as I was making my way downstairs, I heard him shut the door. When he got inside, I asked where he had gone. He was confused and told me he just got home. I insisted he had been home 20 minutes earlier. He had even... I had even seen him in the driver's seat, pulling all the way around the house. My dad dismissed it as me being confused and thinking I heard the truck. He even suggested that someone else must have pulled in and left, and I must have thought it was him since he had come straight home from work. This was the only time he had been home, is what he insisted. The subject was dropped, and I, but I always felt frustrated and confused because I knew what I saw. I knew for absolute certainty that I had seen my dad's truck with my dad driving it exactly like he did every day when he arrived home. It was identical to what he did just 20 minutes later with the exception of him getting out of the truck. It was like watching a movie of my dad coming home as if I had seen something before it happened. When I was in high school, I tried to bring the subject up again, but my parents dismissed it, so I, let the, so I left it alone. It was a strange occurrence that had no explanation, but I knew it was not my imagination. Thoughts? That is so cool. Yeah. What a cool I think experience. so, too. Yeah. I mean, do you think that she saw, like, a premonition of it happening, or do you think it was, like, an energy imprint where it just continued to happen? It might be an energy imprint, actually, because she said she physically, like, saw it, right. you know? Like, if she was thinking she saw it, but she was still in the chair or something like that, it'd be like, yep, premonition. Yeah. Girl's psychic prowess, <laughs> you know? But uh, it sounds like, because she said it, even the first time she saw it, it, it looked glitchy, like a movie. Right. And it, it fell off. Right. You know? So, I mean, that'd be a pretty strong imprint you know and if her dad did it every day for years i mean yeah that's still pretty cool that is very cool i'm yeah i think it would freak me out a little bit if it happened to me it would freak me oh, out. oh yeah lot, for sure but that is so cool and what <laughs> what a safe thing to see too like your dad arriving home versus right that's not scary at all yeah it's <laughs> just this kind of comforting presence yeah, um, that was pretty typical. Like, I know in previous episodes, I've talked about some of my own experiences. Um, but when you bring it up to your parents, <laughs> they're always dismissive about it, you know. Yeah. And for my parents, it was like more of a sanity thing, like stop telling me about that. <laughs> but it sounds like her parents were like, don't go being crazy. Okay, right. <laughs> I just got home. And then even when she brought it up as a teenager, you know, thinking she might get some more credibility, they were like, right. no, that didn't happen. You're, you're confused. Yeah. 
I know what I saw. <laughs> Absolutely. That is such, I mean, that is just wild. I love that that happened. Yeah. Such a, like, uh, what is it? Wholesome. Yeah, it's totally wholesome. It's just endearing. What a sweet, yeah. what a sweet energy imprint to have. All right, you got a story for me? I do. I have a very interesting one. Um, so my story, is it one of your stories or somebody submitted it? Uh, good question. So I am going to do one of the stories that somebody submitted. And okay. it is about a seance. Okay. Yeah. So, so the person does start off saying that if you do a seance, you do, this person does feel like you're asking for it. So, yeah. You know, for kind sure. Of, kind of maybe not a ton of empathy for these girls going in. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, so the story starts off. I was at a slumber party in eighth grade with a few of my friends when we decided, stupidly, to have a seance in her unfinished basement. We were having fun and giggling as we were trying to figure out who to summon when somebody suggested Jack the Ripper, a serial killer from the late 1800s. And I immediately got a pit in my stomach. No, I spoke up. We shouldn't summon something evil. That's right. Called a man's voice from the other side of the cellar. There were no boys or men there at the house. They were home alone. Oh, my gosh. Only one other girl and her, her and this the reader heard it, and she said she'll never be the same. Wow. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Is, that one's freaky. That one yeah. totally freaks me out. I, I am so freaked out by seances and Ouija boards. I just, yeah, but I bet the person telling the story, I bet she's sensitive to that stuff anyway because she immediately got a pit in her stomach. Like, no, this is wrong. She, we should not be doing this. For sure. You know? Yeah. And then that per- other person that heard it is probably sensitive too. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. And it's, I mean, did you ever play Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board? Oh, no. We were not <laughs> allowed to play stuff like that. <laughs> and I know kids that aren't. <laughs> Yeah, like, I know kids that aren't allowed to play that game still play that game, but, like, our parents scared (laughs) us about it. Like, they were like, no, (laughs) that is literally playing with the devil. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I think that, I mean, I did. I loved that game. It was freaky. It was terrifying. Yeah, did it work? Did it work? It did. Is that levitation? or you're picking that is in the center with two fingers each person that's a part of the circle around so there's somebody in the center that's laying down and they have their arms crossed over their chest kind of if you think about like an Egyptian mummy mm-hmm. and they are just laying flat on their back and then there's a group of people around them and everybody puts two fingers so their pointer finger and their middle finger and on bo- both hands and they lift, you just chant. And then as you chant, you're able to lift this person up. And it's literally just everybody lifting up a person with two fingers, well, four fingers, but. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's freaky. Yes. <laughs> so you used to do that? I did. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. It was, it was a, I, I like that intersection of, of the occult and science, just kind of seeing how our minds work for us. And 
Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. I like uh, the stuff that can kind of be explained and stuff like that. Um, Whenever, like, because I've said in previous episodes, whenever you have the absence of, like, a scientific explanation, your brain will fill in the blanks based on what you believe. So, like, everything that could not be just explained was just very, like, nope, that's that's the devil. Better not play that game. Yeah, there's definitely... (laughs) I mean, the human brain is designed to recenter itself. So that makes a ton of, it makes a ton of sense. But I love that she, I love that she said something too. And she was willing to. Because most little girls would be like, you know, not just girls, but anybody in a, in a group setting like that might feel like, I don't want to be the baby or the one that ruins everybody's fun. You know, and she's like, no, we should not. <laughs> Do not cross that line. <laughs> and what if you're like, who is this little girl that thinks it's a great idea? Because you know there was one girl that suggested it and who said. I'm telling you, that person is never going to experience the horror <laughs> that, like, this girl experienced, you know? <laughs> It's usually the ones that are the skeptics that don't experience the stuff that are the ones suggesting yeah. it. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And they always suggest the wildest like, things. Things that you just are. Like, let's play, let's play with a Ouija board real quick. And I'm like, I'm no. Gonna, like, I'm a go. <laughs> I have straight up told people, like, like, I will leave this party if you break that out. <laughs> like, I, y'all go for it, but I'm yeah, not. Right. <laughs> upstairs neighbor has a Ouija board and I have a whole bunch of positive energy crystals right underneath like directly underneath it so that I feel safe yeah because I'm just like and this isn't like a being cocky thing I feel like if I was a part of that something would happen because I have the faith that something would happen you know and I've said before, yeah, I've said before, if you believe in something, it doesn't necessarily give it power, but it, it kind of does. It's like opening the door, like, I'm ready to receive this kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like inviting yeah. it, you know? So I was like, so if I sit down at the table, even if I'm like, I hope nothing happens, if I'm thinking something's going to happen, though, yeah. <laughs> I it's just inviting it. It's it's definitely daring something to happen. It's daring the universe or or whatever you believe in to kind of show you something, to manifest something for yeah. you. Right. All right. So yeah, like you said, barely any sympathy for those <laughs> <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I am glad they stopped. Don't be doing seances <laughs> especially jack the ripper i mean yeah. come on you guys are crazy. little girls don't don't dare someone who yeah. played on women and young young girls right. realistically exactly what are you doing <laughs> all right we're gonna take a short little break and then hop right back into okay. it hey welcome back Hey. All right. Let's keep on. I'm going to go into a story. It's one of my stories about a terrifying dream that I had. Okay. Can we get into some dreams real quick? Let's get into dreams. All right. 
Because I think Night Terrors, I know, like, Night Terrors and Dreams themselves, they, like, they're all in the subconscious, you know, and, like, what you really think about things or you're scared of things and stuff like that. But I also think, like, that line into, like, the spiritual and, like, the, you know, actually be, you know, visited by something. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so I will get right into it. As a teen, I was very sheltered, so my choices in music consisted mostly of gospel, and we convinced our parents that soundtracks were wholesome and okay as well. So that was a win for us. Soundtracks! (laughs) So I'm like 14, uh, jamming to Phantom of the Opera, (laughs) late at night one day (laughs) on some headphones it was on repeat on my favorite song on there which was the angel of music so it's like very low slow bravado like i am your angel of music you know like just very monotonous like that so i fall asleep and this is like on repeat and i'm in the creepy house in kentucky (laughs) for one I'm on the couch. At least I'm not in my creepy room. So I still hear the music, but I pay it no mind. Um, I'm dreaming now. Um, I'm in the house just like normal. The lights are out just like they are in real life. Uh, My dog, Sam, had to go outside. So he always knew his boundaries. So it was fine to just let him out the back door. I didn't have to, like, put him on a leash and take him. Um, So... In my dream, I let him out and I look out the window in the door to track him, like just to watch where he's going. And I don't see him. And it lightnings, illuminating a dark figure standing at our property line 20 feet away. And it lightnings again, nothing's there. So I'm like, where's Sam? Lightnings again, the figure is now 10 feet away. Lightnings again, it's five feet away. Again, on the steps. Again, right in front of the window. The figure is now right in front of the window. It's uh, a ghoulish-looking man screaming. But as he's screaming at me, just like, "Ah!" his face morphs into a sinister little boy's face screaming at me and trying the door. I wake up dripping sweat right as the soundtrack says, I am your angel of music. And then my brain immediately is like, oh, my God, wasn't the devil the angel of music? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I take off the headphones and I start praying until I calm down. Uh, and then in my head, I'm awake at this point. I hear I'm going to get in in a creepy voice. So I just kept praying because it was making the room like less heavy. And I still haven't listened to the Phantom of the Opera since. The Phantom of the Opera isn't scary and it's not evil or anything like that. But after that experience, I was like, nope, mm -mm, not for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So thoughts? What do you think? That is terrifying. Uh, that is. I know. Oh my gosh! I. Okay, I have questions. Like, was like to this day, I can still. Was the not in happening? real life. 
Okay. Okay, good. Not in real life. So there's no chance that you were half asleep, half awake. This is too no, late, truly. No, 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 no. Okay, good. This was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be. I mean, do you sleep with the curtains closed now? Because I would sleep with the curtains closed forever. Oh, I definitely <laughs> was a kid that slept with the curtains closed, <laughs> for sure. That is that is terrifying. And little kids in in frightening situations like that are just so much scarier. They're just yeah. so there's something so creepy uh, about kids in the first place. I know. The fact that it was a man and then it morphed into like a little boy just same like screaming full force trying yeah. the door. <laughs> it was so creepy. Um and I heard stuff a lot whenever I was a kid. I I covered some of that in like episode two. Right. Um but like that whenever I heard it in my head, which was probably just myself hyping myself up off of that scary dream that just happened. But the whole like, I better not hear anything kind of mentality probably brought that on of like a hallucination or something or like a I'm gonna get in kind of thing. Right. But I used to do that all the time. It's like, man, I hope I don't hear anything now and then I'd hear something, you know? Yeah. So I'm not saying that there w- was or was not a spirit there, but it was definitely a terrifying situation. Do you give credit sure. to it, though? Do you think that Do you think that there was potentially something there, or do you just think it was totally a dream? No, I I definitely think there was something like if you're asking my personal opinion, it's def I definitely think there was something to that dream. One because I remembered every single part of it, right? And normally, like it, you know, you forget your dreams, right? Um, two, like it was such a like, it felt so personal, right? Like the person yelling, you know, and trying to get in, um. I don't know. And then the creepy voice afterwards, like it just felt like it went along the lines with other creepy experiences that I had while I was awake. So I felt like it, it did mean something. I don't think it has anything to do with the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that music was like, definitely not the kind of music I should have been falling asleep to. Right. <laughs> it was like low and drawn out. And it was just like, adding to the suspense (laughs) yeah there's definitely and it is a very dramatic soundtrack that has a lot of there's so many low tones that it just kind of stays in an anxiety position for a Mm -hmm. lot of it you're just on the edge of your seat yeah (laughs) don't get me wrong i would go watch it in broadway if it ever came like to louisville or something absolutely but yeah i don't think the play or the music itself is evil but in that moment, as a, like a 14-year-old by myself in the dark, <laughs> I ripped those headphones off like, no, nah. <laughs> <laughs> not my angel of music. <laughs> yeah. no. Not going to get me today. <laughs> I'm glad that you had something to fall back on, though, to kind of to, to make you feel secure again. Because it can be really frightening yeah. to stay in that hyped up situation, that kind of anxiety, stress yeah. level. I always started praying and like, even if I didn't feel connected to God or anything, I was like, I'm literally like not hanging up the freaking, like whatever the connection until you give me some peace, you know, I would just keep on talking until I kind of talked my way 
to a level point. Right. Um, and I'm not like super religious anymore, but I guarantee you if something like demonic or freaky happened, I would probably go right back to praying. <laughs> Same. Like, hey, God, haven't talked to you in a minute. Can you take care of that? Because <laughs> that's outside my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very stressful. That would be frightening. Yeah. That would be very frightening. All right. What you got for me? So since we're talking about dreams and specifically night terrors, um, I am going to share one of my own personal night terrors. Uh, so I have, since I was a little kid, had both lucid dreams and night terrors, um, which is awesome. But when you have lucid dreams and night terrors, it tends to mean that your night terrors, instead of being like yours was very firmly, you were asleep. You thought you were awake in the dream, but you were asleep bleed yeah. together with reality a little bit. And so um, I'll often wake up in my dream and then it will, it will feel, there will just be, it will feel exactly like reality. There will just be like one little thing, like a chair in the room is the wrong color or something like that. Something very easy to ignore and dismiss. Um, yeah. But I, maybe seven or eight years, after my sister had moved out, we had lived in, together in this old Victorian that was probably, I don't know, 150 some odd years old. And it was split into a triplex. So there was an apartment above me, a studio next to me, and then my apartment. And one night I had gone to bed and I was asleep. And I, like you, have never forgotten this dream. I was asleep in bed. And my dog, my dog Rex, who's small, woke me up. He kind of, if I'm having a lightning dream or something, he'll typically like kind of woof a little or he'll gently wake me up so that I'll stop. Um, mm-hmm. He woke me up. Like, and I opened my eyes and I looked up and I'm still laying down in bed. And directly next to my bed, there was this big bureau that was probably six something feet tall and on top of it was this gold bust of Anubis so shoulders up of Anubis Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the bust just kind of scooched forward on its own Mm -hmm. jumped off of the bureau top and as it came down rather than just crashing to the ground it formed a body and it formed the body of Anubis And he was just standing over me all of a sudden, which was terrifying because I was. And Anubis is the Egyptian with the dog head. Yes. The god of death or something Anubis is the Egyptian god of mummification. Life. As well as, this is where it gets a little extra creepy. He's the patron god of lost souls and the helpless. He's one of the oldest gods in Egypt and he's very, very powerful probably one of the most recognized gods in um, Egyptian hieroglyphics and Egyptian history just overall. But so he's just standing over me and still golden, like just this awe striking figure. And I just started screaming. Yeah. Screaming is what actually woke me up. (laughs) So my own screaming woke me up 
And I all of a sudden because you were screaming in real life too. I was screaming too. in real life, and I was screaming in full fledged. Yeah, it was one of those moments where I don't know how to explain this necessarily because it didn't feel like he was necessarily threatening to me. He was just mm-hmm. so he was so overwhelming, and he brought such there was such a such a horrifying energy behind it where I just knew mm-hmm. that there was like, once he came, it was never going to stop. Like there was just going to be this Anubis energy for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I started screaming myself up. My dog was startled awake. He had also not been awake. And I hear the three girls or there were two girls and a guy that lived upstairs and they start running through their apartment, which is above my bedroom. So they run out and run down the stairs and the studio door slams open. And I'm fully awake at this point. And I scared yeah. all of my neighbors out onto the street. It was. <laughs> but I did not go back to sleep that night. I was. Did you go outside like, that was me, sorry. No, I was so mortified. I used to. In college, I would always tell my tell my roommates, you know, no, I do have lucid dreams. If I'm if I'm screaming or something, don't touch me because I might hit you. Um, yeah, and, like feel free to For say sure. my name or something. It'll wake me up some other way. Flip a light on, but don't yeah. touch me. All right. <laughs> so I didn't go out and tell them because it was just horrifying. But I could hear them because we had the very old Victorian glass windows. So they're kind of yeah, down yeah. And just become thinner over the years. And I could hear them talking. They could all hear the screaming. None of them knew where it came from, but it was clearly right in front of our house. Cause my bedroom was right the, at the very front of the house. Well, at least they didn't know it was didn't you. Know it was me. <laughs> I'm so mortified. That I mean, unless they listen to this podcast no, one day. They do. Sorry guys. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to break. that's awesome yeah Yeah, so I mean I think we've mentioned this before with each other but like I was like oh Anubis that's so cool um and you were like it was not cool it was not cool and he's not he's not a a bad force in in terms of of the historical uh significance of him and in mythology he's not He's not a frightening god. It's not like if you were to dream about Hades where you're dreaming of something evil. Anubis is just kind of a yeah. neutral force. But yeah. It was just so scary to watch something form a body. Oh is yeah. It- I'm sure. It's huge. He was like 6 or 7 feet tall. I was I was having that neutral or er, neutral <laughs> dream. <laughs> that lucid dream. I'm sure I would not uh <laughs> be okay with that (laughs) i'm still i'm still not entirely certain it didn't happen i do think that when we dream there is that thinning of the veil and we kind of see other things that's that's what i kind of sense during your like your story is like you know how like you said he was all gold and everything and like that's how like mere mortals would like see a quote-unquote god you know um, and even if he was like trying to tell you something or like being there, it would be horrifying to be in the presence of something 
that old and that, that ancient, you know? It was just, yeah. It was, I mean, it really did just feel like it was never going to stop. And that he hadn't done anything. Yeah. He just formed a body. He was just <laughs> standing, standing there. there. <laughs> but it was, it was so interesting. And I will say this he was a gold dog faced man, but he was beautiful it was probably one of oh i'm sure it's just a stunning <laughs> sight to see huh. yeah i'm sure he was i mean that's probably why he started screaming <laughs> he was so gorgeous i had to... <laughs> he was so gorgeous he, he had to be a god <laughs> it, it was very yeah i really what if he was there to like answer all of life's questions for you? I mean, honestly, he might have been. <laughs> I I can't count myself not as a lost soul, so you know. Yeah. He was. Yeah. I think something that old, I would just like, that would just freak me out yeah. if I actually experienced that. It really, I mean. Because it's random. It's not like you were, like, studying up on Egypt. Yeah. It, so it very much was. As a little kid, I loved Egypt. And I was an archaeologist for some time. But it yeah. was, I mean, it, it certainly wasn't anything to do with, you know, that period of my life. Um, yeah. But I've had a lot of lucid dreams over the years and that one always has stuck with me just because it was so unique. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love hearing about dreams like that. That's so cool. Um, we're going to take a short little break and then when we come back, you can tell us about some stuff in the road. Yeah. Okay. Hello again. Hey. How's it going? Good. These these (laughs) stories are interesting. Yeah. For those of us listening, um, (laughs) we sounded so surprised because we were just having some technical difficulties. (laughs) Like, hello. Awesome. All right. Uh, Go ahead and let us know your next story. Yeah. Okay. So this one is, again, a submitted story. And it's called Ghosts in the Road. There's a lot of paranormal activity along the road where we live. A woman's house nearby caught fire and two young children burned inside the home many years ago. People have seen these child ghosts many times along the road. And one morning, the child ghost jumped onto a guy's truck on his way to work before dawn on that stretch of the road. Both of my aunts li- who live near What was that last sentence you said? Both of my aunts who have... Both of my aunts who live nearby have seen little ghost children in their homes along the road. Oh, that's freaky. That is totally freaky. That's... I don't know what I would do if I was driving to work 
with it still dark and a child jumped on my truck. Yeah. Like, like are they jumping on the pull over, or? stop, like, like, have you lost your mind? Where's your mom? <laughs> oh <laughs> they just, God. like, disappeared. So I'm be like, oh, I've lost my mind. Yeah. Oh, God. Calling <laughs> a sick day if that happens. <laughs> what if they were dressed like like normal modern day kids too i mean the it the reader didn't or the the group member didn't really say like when these children had had passed away right so yeah so that would freak me out (laughs) that'd be so frightening even living even living nearby and seeing these ghost children like in your house to me that's like still like Okay, that's not okay. <laughs> That'd be so sad, though, too, to to see them. Ghost children. Yeah. yeah. What, what a... I mean, it doesn't sound like they're causing any mischief or anything outside. I mean, I guess they kind of are. I mean, jumping, jumping on somebody's up. car. <laughs> I mean, being in somebody's home, if they're not, like, doing creepy stuff, I guess it's okay, but... Uh, no. So... No, it's not okay. <laughs> Don't come in my house. <laughs> Oh, that's another thing. Like, if you ever, like, through, you know, any kind of means, contact the spirits or whatever, and one says, like, hey, I'm a little kid, can I stay? Never grant it permission to stay, because those evil entities, that's how the story of, like, Annabelle got started. Like, you don't want to give any place for like any of those spirits (laughs) yeah those are i mean there's a ton of stories about little kids who have died and died in fires and things and it's always really tragic but ah i just but without sounding like harsh like they have their time (laughs) i know that that sounds terrible but like You really don't know what you're accepting into your space. Yeah, so. I don't want them anywhere near me. I don't right. I don't think that I mean I don't necessarily want human living human children near me. So I feel <laughs> much stronger about ghost children staying very right. far away from me. That is right. That that actually brings up another story. I posted um about this place called Gravity Hill on the Facebook page. And uh, one of our group members, actually one of my cousins, uh, responded to it. And she has a similar story um, about Gravity Hill and your Ghosts in the Road story. It's kind of like those two stories like put together. Combined? Yeah. I like it. So I'll, I'll tell you about Gravity Hill now, and then I'll read what she put. All right. In Prosser, Washington, there exists a road where a strange phenomenon occurs. If you park your car at the base of the small incline on the road and then shift it into neutral, it will begin to roll all by itself uphill towards an abandoned grain shaft down the road that is allegedly haunted. Some have claimed that this is merely an optical illusion, but the hill has been tested to prove that there is, in fact, an incline. Reasons for how this could happen vary from aliens to ghosts, depending on who you ask. But whatever it is, it's left the Washington residents and travelers baffled. If you want to test it, head north, head to North Crosby Road, approximately 15 minutes from Prosser, and look for the start line painted on the ground. 
they say if you sprinkle dust on the back of your car before shifting it into neutral, you will see the handprints of the ghosts that push your car up the hill. Wow. Thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not normally one to like play with ghosty things, but I don't either. Like, I don't want to try that. Not with the dust on the back, though. No. <laughs> Let's not dare that. Let's <laughs> just be like, I don't understand the physics of this. Okay, I tried it. It works. <laughs> I put it in one of my um my little Facebook rave tra- uh, chats earlier. Uh, with a bunch of people that like listen to the same music that I do and I was like anybody happen to be from Washington and have tried this and one of the people actually said that they did try it and that it actually works because that's like a thing to do up there (laughs) that is I mean that is wild that is totally yeah I would totally so I'll read you I know. It's like testing physics. It's like, doesn't make sense how it would roll uphill. Right. And it's, and, and, and it kind of plays into that whole, is it spiritual? Is it something to do with like electromagnetic forces? Is it an optical right, illusion? Right. Like, is it us? Is it them? Is it all of us together? <laughs> exactly. All right. And my cousin put on here, um, it's not very long. But she said, about 20 minutes from where I live in East Tennessee, there's an exit called Okalona, and the exact same thing happens, and I know for a fact that it's true. According to the news reports, a school bus was coming off the exit and stalled. A semi-truck couldn't stop in time and plowed into it. Several kids and the bus driver died at the scene. That's the original story, like, before this happened. And then, if you put baby powder um, on the front and hood of your automobile, there will be little handprints supposedly of the ghost children who are pushing your car back out of the way of danger. That is the sweetest. I know. Isn't that wholesome? (laughs) Okay, I really love that. Kudos for that. What a positive what a positive just experience to have to know that there's, you know, you're being looked out for, out for wherever you are. Yeah. I like that. Although, again, maybe don't put the baby powder on your car. I mean, yeah, because I feel like that's just like... <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, East Tennessee is hours from here. We could, we could go yeah. soon. <laughs> Try that out. <laughs> right. Speaking of Tennessee, I was going to tell you some uh, research that I did on the Bell Witch. Yeah. All right, I'll get started on that. I'm excited. Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase what I learned. So if anybody wants to fact check me or I got it wrong, just let me know on the Facebook, message me, (laughs) tell me how wrong I am. It's fine. Um, But paraphrasing what I researched, um, John Bell um, came to that part of Tennessee Um, and settled on 300 acres in, like, 1801, and then he built, like, his house, he built his life, all that stuff, he started having all these kids, so the creepy stuff didn't start happening until 17 years later, um, when the family reports that they were being slapped, 
uh, scratched, yelled at, um, all this kind of stuff. And it turned out supposedly that it was a neighbor that John Bell had done a, like a dirty dealing with as far as some land went, you know, like kind of screwed her over or something. She wasn't happy about it and she died or whatever, but I think she like put a curse on him. Uh, Yeah. And so she was constantly like, you know, harassing this family. One of the daughters, Betsy, she got the brunt of a lot of it. Um, A lot of the turmoil was centered around her as well. Um, Including whenever she was getting ready to court and marry a guy, the witch did not approve of. And started like making it known that she did not approve of this and all that kind of stuff. And like pretty much made like Betsy ended up like breaking it off with that guy because they didn't want to have the trouble, you know, anymore. So long story short, they had all these things happen. um, And they, the bell boys, (laughs) bell boys, they are, uh, in the army with General Andrew Jackson. Oh. Yeah. And so that's why a lot of this is like corroborated and like documented is because it's like a future president. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they told him about what was happening at the Bell place. How it was, you know, they were being harassed. Like it was terrible to live there, all that kind of stuff. And Jackson was curious, and he was also like, well, I know people. I can get rid of that and all that kind of stuff. So he decides to take, uh, like, a platoon of people, of his people. And they also brought this person that was supposedly, like, a witch um, exorcist or something, you know, with them. So they get onto the Bell land, and the carts that their horses are pulling stop moving. Like the wheels are stuck. Just entirely? Like they're not stuck in anything. They just stop. The horses are pulling as hard as they can and they're being beaten to go. And the wheels will not turn at wow. all. And then after like hours of this, they finally like say out loud, like, well, I guess this is that, like, damn witch, you know? And then they hear, like, an auditory voice be like, yes, it is the, you know, the witch or the blah, blah, blah. I will see you later on tonight where I will expose uh, something like imposters among you or something like that. Um, Just kind of, like, saying that, like, who is with him is not some of them were false kind of people. Yeah. So they, after they hear the voice, their wheels start working again and they make it to the house. Um, So on their way to the house, they look over and see this like dog like creature with a rabbit head. And it's a large creature. It's like a large dark creature, but they said it was like the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit and this is like one of our future presidents you know like writing (laughs) this as he saw you know so that's why it's kind of like oh was he crazy or (laughs) 
did he actually see that yeah. <laughs> kind of thing? So he saw this crazy animal um, and they tried to like shoot it or whatever and it got away. But I don't know that I would chase a dog rabbit. I don't, I don't quite understand why they decided to kill an before. That seems like a capture moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like this has never existed yeah. before. <laughs> Let's kill it. <laughs> you know, like, what if it's one of those creatures that like feels pain like we do, like an octopus? I mean, dogs feel jealousy. There's no way that like an an animal that's half rabbit, half dog wouldn't yeah, feel something. That's wild. So they think that it's connected with the Bell Witch because it was on the Bell property and she was like all kinds of cursy. So um, she did a lot more to them than I'm saying. Like I, I didn't like write it all yeah. down because <laughs> there was a lot. Like she did more than just scratch them and poke she them and stuff. Them. She would like wake them up. Yeah, wake them up, not let them get any sleep, screaming at them, pulling them, poltergeisty stuff. Like it was, it was creepy. Yeah. So anyway, Jackson and his men get to the Bell house and he's talking to John Bell. He's like, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And the guy that's supposedly a witch exorcist starts getting really cocky and he's like, I got this. You don't have any say here. <laughs> like, like, pretty much being really bold to the witch, you know, like, you will leave this place and blah, blah, blah. And she pretty much just like threw him against the wall, uh, knocked him around, threw him out of the house and stuff like that. And then, so all the people that like came with General Jackson, like, they're scared now because they just saw something that's not normal, you know? So they're like believing this. And then the witch says, there's one more among you that is false. That is an imposter. And I will let you know tomorrow kind of thing. And like general Jackson, he didn't want to leave because he wanted to see who else was false in his what a brave group. Thing to do. You know, yeah, but his, they set up camp and, all night his men were begging him to leave like we want to get out of here this is creepy we don't need to play with this like all this kind of stuff so the next thing that's historically recorded about this little incursion with the future president is that they were last seen uh not last seen like they died but like last seen by the bells you know going through a field on their way to nashville you know like because it's really close to there um but yeah that they, they were like in the middle of the night they broke camp and like left Ooh. i wonder if she told yeah it's like 1201 i don't know here's who it is it's tomorrow here you go <laughs> so um there's not much more to the story but like john bell died mysteriously through like this like poison that was found by his bed and they didn't know where it came from so they gave some to the cat and the cat died <laughs> yeah i know poor cat they were just like here try this <laughs> yeah so immediately after the cat died the witch spoke up and said haha i killed john bell uh, blah 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 like she yeah. hated the dude she hated him and she said um like 
I did that and he's going to be in torment and like all this stuff. And then she was like, and I will visit his descendants every like 177 years or whatever. When did you say this was? And is in the 1800s. Has it been 177 <laughs> years yet? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> in the story it says that she did come back and like talk to his widow and then she talked to the eldest remaining heir and then after that there's no like documentation of her visiting the okay. family you know like nobody like wrote a book and said she visited me too because <laughs> that would be recent right. times you know um there was a medium that went to the bell property um recently and completely turned the story on its head and a lot of the descendants are kind of believing the medium over the historical stuff because they're saying that the witch put the curse on John Bell because he wasn't protecting Betsy and it was like a sexual thing that oh. was yeah and so that's why she was tormenting yeah. the family huh yeah interesting yeah I know I was like I mean how can you argue with a medium? Like, you can't just be like, yeah. no, no, uh. <laughs> yeah, cause... But the fam- but the actual descendants of the Bell family are like, yeah, it's part of our history. But in talking with her, you know, the medium, I really think that's the correct version because the other version has always felt like, yeah. why? Like, there's not a good reason why it started. It, was, it wasn't the land because it was 17 years after they had, established themselves right. there that all that really long stuff. Time. Uh, she was she tormented betsy most of all like it's kind of confusing like she tormented john and betsy the most huh. so that's weird interesting have you heard of that story being so from tennessee i live actually about halfway between um the hermitage which is andrew jackson's historical residence and um in the book, there are some caverns that run. Pretty, I don't, I don't think they're immediately next to the house, but they're very close to it, and they do tours mm-hmm. of both places. And I know that I think on the Bell property, there's a recreation of the original house. I don't think it's the original homestead anymore, but yeah, I. I recently tried to check it out because I thought it would be really fun to go do, you know, in October for Halloween and everything. And unfortunately they're closed right now because of COVID. So yeah, so it was really. What do the caverns have to do with it? caverns, I didn't do a ton of research into it because I wanted to, I kind of just wanted to go in and see what happened, but the caverns are, I want to say like, a hundred yards or a hundred feet or something. They're not super, super deep or super like long, but um, a lot of people see and hear and feel things, primarily feel things in there. Like they'll get pushed or poked or prodded or, you know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like most people's experiences are necessarily violent. Like they're not getting slapped anywhere, but um it just, it sounds really interesting. A lot of people hear things as well, which makes sense in caverns because mm-hmm. obviously noise travels very well in caverns, but right. I just, I think it's a really interesting sounding property. 
And did you know it's privately held now? Yeah. Not by a, a by a bell resident uh, or bell descendant, excuse me. Not, not by, by a bell, bell descendant. descendant, and it's a woman that runs it. Maybe it's maybe it's okay. like the original witches, somebody, like great great somebody. Yeah, I know. Like uh, the reason I was even interested is whenever I moved to Nashville, people were always saying, "Let's go here." let's go visit the caverns and i'm like what do the caverns have yeah. to do with this and really in my research you didn't say anything about the caverns so i was like the witch lived there <laughs> I, don't I don't know think, i think there's like an older i think there are older legends about the caverns but again as i said mm-hmm. i haven't really done much research about it because i kind of just wanted to go and have mm-hmm. the tour and and see what you know what the the historians, yeah. the people that own the property and love the property really had to say about it and what they highlight. That's how I am too. And then my mom's like, you know, because we all come from that kind okay. of stuff. And so she's like, she's like, you know better than to be going <laughs> on that tour. You're going to be coming home with you. And I don't want anything like that while you're visiting yeah. me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I get That's it. Fair. <laughs> It's fair, very fair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, I know. I wonder if there's any like hauntings on the Hermitage now. Like, did he take the imposter back with him? Did he not? Was he the imposter? I don't know. It never said. Interesting. And of course, I paraphrased most of that <laughs> to make it short and concise. It's but a big story for sure. It is definitely—it's one of the most well-documented and like affidavits and like all that kind of stuff uh, because it included a right. U.S. president. You know, so that's why it's like. It's not the scariest thing in America, but it's like one of the most like they say it's one of the most well known because right, it's the most a documented. Lot of, a lot of haunted. historical documentation around it. Yeah. Yeah. That. Now I kind of really want to go far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna read one more, and then that'll about do it. Okay. For us. All right. This is called When a Stranger Calls. I grew up in an old house in the country that was supposedly haunted. There were a few strange noises and weird shadows in the corner, but I grew used to it all. One night when I was about 17, I went to the drive-in with friends. The movie that night was When a Stranger Calls. My parents were also going out that night, so we got a babysitter for my three-year-old nephew who lived with us. When my friends dropped me off after the movie, I noticed all the lights were on in the house. I walked in, found the house was empty. I walked through the house searching for my nephew and the babysitter, but they were not there. As I entered the kitchen, the phone on the wall rang. I picked it up, and it was the babysitter, telling me that someone was in the house, and they walked down the road to the bowling alley. Now remember, the movie I had just seen was When a Stranger Calls. Having just seen this movie, I was terrified. I grabbed the keys to my mom's van, opened the driver's side door to light up the interior and check to make sure no one was hiding inside. 
After ensuring the van was safe, I drove to the bowling alley to pick up the sitter and my nephew. The sitter refused to re-enter the house until it was cleared by the police. She told me she saw a dark figure in the hallway and it scared her. The police searched and found no one there, but I ended up staying up until my parents arrived, making sure the babysitter and my nephew were safe. Needless to say, this was one of the scariest nights of my life. And she never babysat <laughs> for us again. <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I'm not going back into that house. I'm good. Yeah. I don't know if I would have done anything different, actually. No, I think it was pretty, I mean, like, the babysitter grabbed the baby and left. I wouldn't have, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have just stayed there. <laughs> I mean, a three-year-old, I mean, for real, I would have been like, nope, let's uh, go to a public place. Yes, lots of okay. And people. <laughs> yes, yeah. But so... <laughs> I don't know. I think all sorts of crazy things happen when you are babysitting. It's it's such a interesting to be in someone else's house and so freaky late at night, especially if it's one of the first times there. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in high school, I used to babysit for a few people in our church just because, yeah. you know, divide and conquer. My sister would take one house, I would take another. And like, during the daytime, it was peachy keen, not scary at all. As soon as it got dark, it was yeah. like, all right, when are they getting home? <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> oh, it's just the ice maker. Okay. Okay. You got me. <laughs> Nothing scary. <laughs> I used to babysit for this family that had a very modern house and one, like, essentially wall of this two-story house was just windows. And that place at night was just I would always turn on the outside lights because I was like I need to see what's out there it's just there's too many windows Mm -hmm. and people can see you wherever you are in the house at all times and it was just too much no it didn't have curtains because they were they were literally oh my gosh stories tall these windows were the entire wall of the house and it was it was just a lot. I would ruin. I would ruin the aesthetic because right? I would have like, to have curtains. How do you not? I don't know. I guess maybe the. Like my used to live out in the country, like you know, like yeah. way out of town. They didn't have curtains, and I, I, you know, I'd be over at their house whenever I was younger, and I'd be like changing or something. I'd be like, "Can we close that window?" And they're like, they're "Like, oh, we're out in the country. Nobody's." <laughs> Nobody can see you. You're fine. And I'm just like, but what if? <laughs> but we don't know. Have you been outside? You're just going to sleep in that like, <laughs> What if there's an owl? <laughs> yeah, I don't even want an owl looking at me. <laughs> Especially like, I never look out of a dark window. Really? You know? Like, looking, looking oh, outside. I, I definitely do. Like, I think somebody's out there. I'll I'll peek if all my lights are off, but like I will not leave any of the curtains open at night. Like whenever it is nighttime, yeah, it's time you're, to close you're the done curtains. with that. That's funny. Yeah, I, I close my curtains at night just because you kind of get that that creepy extra when you see yourself walk past a window or something and you see the reflection movement. But yeah. 
And it takes that second right. to kind of figure out, like, oh, no, that was me. That was me motion, not, like, outside motion. So yeah, I do tend to close my curtains at night, but I'll definitely look out them. I have no problem doing that because I am. I want to know what's <laughs> happening. Goes back to that <laughs> dream, though. <laughs> I'm going to, like, somebody's going to be screaming at me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right guys well thanks for joining us for this podcast we had a lot of fun thank you for thank being you so here much. sam um i'd love to have you again on one of our upcoming episodes this was really this was fun. fun yeah um all right guys i'll see you on the next uh podcast stay spooky Hey, welcome back. Hello. So one more thing before we go, and that's shouting out the Facebook group that has all of our listeners on it. Um, just want to make sure everybody knows where to go to and to send me your stories. Um, that is at Paranormal Stories, Spooky Shiz, just like the name of the podcast. Um, that is on Facebook. Feel free to post your story in there, or if you would like to remain anonymous, you can message me the story. Um, and then once again, thank you for having Samantha. Thank you for joining us, telling us about some crystals and some stories today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. All right. Without further ado, I will see you next time. Stay spooky. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.